This is Science Friday. I'm Ira Plato. Later in the hour, how places around the country are dealing with the surge in RSV cases and the importance of the connections between parts of the brain. Yeah, but first, if you drive through the heart of Los Angeles, you're going to pass some of the most iconic sites, right? You got the Hollywood Walk of Fame, Universal Studios, the Santa Monica Pier. But if you don't look for it, you may miss one of my favorite places to visit when I'm in L.A., the La Brea Tar Pits. It's a place where life from around 50,000 years ago got trapped and preserved. It's right there on Wilshire Boulevard. Look for the bubbling black ooze. You can't miss it. But La Brea is more than just a sticky time capsule. La Brea was recently named as one of the most important geological heritage sites by the International Union of Geological Sciences. And the black bubbly landscape has important lessons to teach about climate change. Joining me now to talk about their plans to teach about climate change from the past is Lori Bettison Varga, president and director of the ALA Museum of Natural History, which includes the tar pits. Welcome to Science Friday. Thank you. Thank you for having me. This is really one of my favorite places in L.A. I've been going there for decades. And for those who haven't been there, can you describe it for them? So it's about a 12 to 13 acre park and museum. But in the park are these incredible asphaltic deposits that have trapped uh, the most amazing animals that used to be around Los Angeles so 50,000 to 12,000 years ago. Uh, and it gives us the clue to what the landscape used to look like. We get anything from, you know, mammoths and mastodons and saber-toothed cats to microfossils, pollen, beetle wings, um, little bones from different mammals, small mammals. So it's, it's an incredible location. And you're still digging up stuff there, right? Absolutely. We, uh, we're slowly working through 23 large boxes of material that were recovered from the excavation of the parking lot for the LA County Museum of Art. And their recent project also has revealed additional fossils for us to continue working on. So there's lots of material and continued excavation going on. So as the song goes, they paved paradise, they put up a parking lot, but you're digging it up. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> Just to be clear, there are no dinosaurs there, right? This, this doesn't go back that far. No dinosaurs, or as my, uh, my scientists over there like to remind me, no non-avian dinosaurs. Not Ooh, that yeah. old, right? So we're really looking at material from you know, the last major climate change event coming out of the Ice Age. You're working on a redesign of the place. Tell me about that. We are. We're working on a redesign because obviously people come to the tarpets because they want to know about these incredible charismatic animals that used to roam LA. Uh, we like to say it was like the Serengeti, but with larger animals. Uh, <laughs> so just to give you an image of that. But And there's lots of skeletons to see at the current museum, which opened in the mid-70s. But we're not really telling the full story of the location that we, we think about today and about that particular extinction event and how it can help us understand what's happening right now. And so the new uh, museum will continue to you know, tell that story of extinction, but also of survival, and place it in the context of climate and ecological change in LA. Let's talk about that link to climate and ecological change. Yes. Yeah, so, you know, we know worldwide that uh, megafauna, about 60 species, went extinct around, you know, 13 to 12,000 years ago. 
the question is, Ben, is this related to climate or is it related to humans coming into the scene or is it a combination of both? Uh, the wonderful thing about the targets is that you can see this event happening. Uh, we've got fossils. Most of them go from about 45,000 years ago to about 12,000 years ago. And you can see the variation in the animals during the change of climate, the natural change, right? So we have a great backdrop to understand rate of change today and to think about what it takes for flora and fauna to survive a climate change like that. How, how uh, soon do you think we might see that? Well, it's a big process. We're just through the conceptual design and we're in uh, an environmental impact review process, which is really important to all major uh, development projects in Los Angeles. And then of course, fundraising. So we, we hope that we will be able to do this in one tranche. It's probably a four year project, but if we need to phase it, it'll take longer. Uh, but we don't have any start date yet as we're putting together the funding uh, required to to do this major intervention in the site and uh, make sure that it really highlights the indoor and outdoor connectivity of the space and the story. Yeah. So, so how do you use your collections and research to be more than just a bunch of skeletons or specimens under glass? <laughs> yeah. Well, the, the great thing about going to the Tarpus is you can see as a visitor not only the excavation outside, but you can see the scientists and volunteers working in the museum. So we were one of the original, uh, what we call it the fishbowl, where you can actually look in and see uh, folks working on the fossils and separating, particularly microfossils right now, or cleaning up some of the bones. And so really telling that visitorship that this is an active place for science from, you know, excavation to identification to putting um, the story together and sharing it with not only disciplinary experts, over 400 scientific articles have come out of the tar pits fossils, but also with the public. So there's so many different ways to do that. We've been uh, using AR and VR to showcase what these uh, extinct animals would look like in the environment. Uh, we've also had scientists working using new technologies like CT scanning, uh, which a recent study revealed that saber-toothed cats, we had one that suffered from hip dysplasia in our collection. And uh, wow. that points, yeah, it's really kind of shocking. Originally, we thought this was, you know, harm that had caused the individual to pass away, right? But now we know from the CT scanning that it was hip dysplasia and the age of the animal suggests that there was a supportive social structure, right, that allowed this animal to live in community instead of, you know, getting killed. So it's amazing what kinds of things we're able to continue to learn about these animals. What, what can you tell us then about the snapshot, let's say a snapshot in time about La Brea that tells us now about the present world? Well, uh, our scientists there are, are really working to, to understand how humans coming into Los Angeles might have impacted the animals, certainly, but also trying to see uh, from pollen and other aspects of, of the record and the material in the asphalt that um, is maybe not as uh, you know exciting as what people think of with the megafauna, but gives us a lot of environmental information. So they're looking at, you know, what the timing was in relationship to extinction of the animals 
and when humans came in and what was happening within the environment at the time. Hmm. So if you, if you build it, they will come, so to speak. Well, they should, right? <laughs> <laughs> the Geologic Heritage Site designation is, I think it's really important, obviously. It's a statement to the world, but also to Angelinas that you know they drive by on Wilshire daily and may not really understand that this is such an important location in the world. People don't think of LA that way, right? So no, no, but but it is. I when I was researching this, and I went to you know top tourist attractions in LA, you were rated by one of the rankers as number eight in the city. Right. It's we get a lot of tourism. It's been interesting during. Uh, the pandemic, we had a lot of folks rediscovering LA. And because we're indoor outdoor, even though the, the museum itself was closed, a lot of folks were able to walk through the park and, and learn because, you know, we have didactic stuff in the park so people can get a snapshot of what's going on just walking around outside. Of course, it's a better experience if you get the, the museum inside as well. But that has been really interesting. I think a lot of Angelinos were rediscovering this incredible world gem. And, uh, and you know, we'll see the, the tourism starting to come back, but we, we just hope that more and more Angelinos get familiar with what is in their, literally their own backyard. Yeah, I loved walking around the grounds because you're actually still walking around active oozing. Yes. Coming up, coming up through the grass. <laughs> yeah, and it does kind of, you know, it, it kind of brings out the kid in you, right? People yeah. like to poke around at it. <laughs> <laughs> wow, don't step in there. And you have it marked off in little spots. Don't step on this thing. Exactly. Yeah. We have lots of cones around, you know, orange cones. Don't put your foot in this. Don't. And I will say that one of the misconceptions, along with, you know, the thought that there are dinosaurs instead of these, you know, mammoths and mastodons and other large animals that are more recent, is that that big kind of lake pit in the front, right. where you see the bubbling methane, that's actually not an asphaltic deposit. That is an industrial excavation and filled in with groundwater, but it, it's very intriguing. Let me ask you before we run out of time, do you have a favorite find from the collection? That's so hard, but I, in the museum, I really love the dire wolf wall. I think it's just a, a representation of variation, subtle variation to the eye, but it tells us about the importance of collections, and we have a tremendous collection, you know, the largest collection of Ice Age fossils in the world in L.A., and to me, uh, the Dyer Wilson, I, I think, you know, I'm a little bit of a Game of Thrones geek, so I think it's pretty <laughs> amazing that uh, that we have such a fantastic collection. Um, so I, I love the Dyer Wolf Wall, but I also think it's pretty awesome that you can get beetle wings preserved in the asphalt. So yeah. I think you have your selling point there. You know, you, you, you saw the movie. Now come see the real thing. Winter is coming. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, and, and one last question. Uh, I could talk about the pits all day. Uh, why should we care about them? Why should we care about the, the La Brea tar pits? Well, we should care about them because they really are the backdrop for us understanding what's happening in our world today and what we can learn from the tar pits about survival of our species and other species that we live with as the climate is changing very rapidly in comparison to the past. But we should also care just because, I mean, pretty awesome. Yeah. You know what I think? You know, L.A. is so famous for human-made glitzy things, artificialness. Here you have something that is real. Yes. Right? 
right right down there in downtown LA. <laughs> exactly. Well, good luck to you and good luck to your projects and your fundraising. Well, thank you so much, Ira. Nice to speak with you. Nice to have you. Lori Bettison Varga, President and Director of the LA Museum of Natural History.